Welcome to the second episode of the Quilting Stories podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with Canadian quilter Paul Leger. And just to give you a little bit about myself, since a friend of mine pointed out that in the first episode, I didn't really uh, offer any information about who I am. Um, I'm the host of the Quilting Stories podcast. My name is Jeff Rutherford. The best place to find me is probably Instagram at Jeff Rutherford, all one word. And I have been quilting since 2002. I live in Western Massachusetts and I spend lots and lots of my free time sewing and quilting. So stay tuned for my interview with quilter Paul Leger. Welcome to the Quilting Stories podcast. My guest today is quilter Paul Leger. Paul lives in Ottawa, Canada. He retired from working for the federal government after 16 years, and before that, he spent 21 years in the Canadian Armed Forces. Paul is the organizer of many quilt retreats, and he lectures and teaches at many quilt guilds, and he's also very active online writing tutorials and various quilting articles. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Well, how would you describe your quilts? Uh, all over the map. Uh, I, I, I'm very much, I would say right now, more into the, uh, pro, going towards modern quilt. But I still like to keep my foot in the door with the traditional and even uh, seeing if I can't combine both. Uh, I'm not a, I don't want to say conformist, but I know for the, for modern Example, we're not supposed that we shouldn't use batiks. Well, I do. I'll use the fabrics that I want to use. But so for that reason, I'm traditional, but love the modern with a bit of, I don't know what you'd call it. Well, how did you get started on your quilting journey? Uh, it started back in May 1990 when I was stationed out west in Victoria, British Columbia. I had just ruined a brand new shirt air force shirt so normally when that would happen i would uh, dispose of the shirt and this one time for whatever reason i decided to cut it up for scraps and i had never basically sewn and a few days after it just dawned on me that they used to do quilts but old clothing so at that point i cannibalized a whole bunch of shirts that i was getting ready to donate to an organization like goodwill and next thing you know 30 plus years later here i am so what kind of quilts did you make at the beginning versus the quilts that you're making now? Well, at the beginning, I didn't even know books existed. Uh, I was cutting my fabrics with surgical scissors because that's all I had. Uh, I would get my thread at three spools for a dollar. Um, so I would kind of design my own quilts. My first two, three quilts were actually designed by myself, not knowing what I was doing but I still made quilts and I thought those quilts were pretty good until about two years ago when I decided, especially the first one to take a really close look at it. And I saw how badly construction it was. Uh, it was, it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> so what are you working on now? Can you tell me about your latest quilt? Uh, right now I'm actually working on two quilts of Valor's. I've been, I was, I, I was, uh, the Quilts of Valor Canada organization reached out to me and asked me to design a quilt. And as that's what as that was happening, uh, Norcott uh, Fabric Company 
reached out also and saying, Paul, we heard that you're doing this and can we work together? Uh, so they so they provided the fabrics and I designed one quilt, but two versions, that one quilt, uh, one which has applique to it and one which does not have any applique to it. And I'm literally just finishing off the quilting. Hopefully it'll be done today or tomorrow at the latest uh, to get them done because they want to get them published and out there to uh, to fundraise with the pattern. So do you do a lot of your own quilting or do you use long armors? Um, I would say probably I do two thirds of my own quilting on my little domestic machine. Um, if I ever really have a special quilt, uh, I'll get that to a long armor for custom work. Or if I've had a quilt top in the pile for a few years and I want to get it out of the pile, I'll also ask sometimes a long armor just to do uh, a panto to get it out of the pile and fold it and put it on the shelf somewhere in the house. And what do you do with your quilts after you make them? Do you keep them? Do you give them away? Uh, at this point in time, I would say I'm stockpiling for another pandemic to keep me warm. Um, <laughs> because I probably have 30 to 40 completed quilts in the house. Uh, in the past, I would sell or give a few to family members. But now that I'm doing trunk shows, I need a, a good variety of quilts, depending on the group I'm speaking to. I have started giving away to uh, nonprofit organizations quilts that I did as samplers or quilts that I did with uh, as scrap quilts or I was just testing or playing around with. Those I'm now giving away to to reduce the amount of quilts I have in the house. On that note, do, do you have any idea how many quilts you've made since you started? Uh, I'm actually, funny you ask, I'm actually right now working on re-editing my, my, my scrapbook, if you want to call it, or my notebook. And based on that, I'm at over 250 quilts in the last year. And I know there's that a couple <laughs> missing. Uh, and I know there's a few that I've lost all information on. But all in all, it's pretty close to being at, probably within 10 quilts of being what I've done. Did you say 250 or 150? I didn't hear you. 200, 250. Wow. And I'm curious, do you work on more than one quilt top at a time, or do you have lots of quilts that are in progress? Oh, yeah. I'm a quilter, of course. Um, <laughs> like yourself, Jeff. So right now I'm actually working on those two quilts of outer. Last week I was working on four small pieces for a, a blog site. And right now I'm looking at my left and there's a pile of fabric and I need to work on a quilt for so long. And that's just what I'm looking at where I'm sitting now. And there's my studio upstairs, which there is a few quilts that have been started and they're just in the pile to one day be completed. So, so you mentioned a scrapbook earlier. Um, can you, can you talk about that? How do you, how do you keep track of the quilts that you've made? Fortunately, after year five in my quilting, I I saw a book basically was for a journal, for lack of a better word, on keeping information on your quilts. So I started my own little journal on using a I don't know Word or Word Perfect, one of those applications, and digital digit. 
that word. <laughs> My French is coming out. I can't speak English. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good at keeping it up to date, basically. So it started off with just basic information. When did I start? When did I finish? And some information on the quilt. And, and now it's when did I, again, start, finish, details on the quilts, photos, fabric samples, uh, and as many more details as I can than uh, compared to the first few. So every time I start a quilt, I try to go in and indicate that I'm starting a quilt, the day I'm starting, the day the top is finished, the day the quilting, everything is done. And any pertinent information about, about that quilt. And it goes in the binder. That's great. So how has the, how has the pandemic impacted your quilting and creativity? Uh, I would say severely. I know there's been a lot of quilters out there. They've been quilting like mad, producing masks like mad. In my case, it's quite the opposite. Uh, I can't say I've lost interest in quilting because I haven't. But I've barely done anything since starting the isolation back in late February, February early March. Uh, I'm disappointed in myself, but I had no inspiration. Uh, to do anything quilting related, sewing related. And I spoke to a lot of other quilters that were in similar situation. And a lot of them said they are not inspired. They don't feel like sewing. They don't feel like quilting. Uh, so with the lifting and the relaxing of the, uh, the distancing and the reopening of society, I've noticed that my want to quilt is coming back. As strange as it sounds, but it's coming back now. Yeah, I don't think you need to feel bad. I think, as you said, I think a lot of quilters are in the same same boat. Mm -hmm. I've certainly been there where I just didn't feel like sewing, and I would I would have thought with all this available time that I would just be sewing all the time, but that hasn't been the case. I know I've discussed it with a few friends uh, and quilters about about what's happening with our want to or not wanting to quilt, and I think the big thing that we came to conclusion to is. In a normal day, non-pandemic, is we get up, we go meet friends for coffee, we go to work, come home, we might meet friends for dinner. So we come home, we have a few minutes, oh, there's the machine, let's sew for a few minutes. But with this pandemic, getting up in the morning, there's the machine, you have coffee, the machine is there, you have lunch, the machine is still there. Uh, I don't think there was this outside influences to motivate you to come home and sew because the machine was always there. Sure. So are there specific colors or fabrics that you gravitate to? Do you have favorite colors that show up in your quilts? Uh, bright. I love bright colors. I love bright colors. Uh, and in addition to bright colors, I'm more of a, a blender person. I'm not one to use a lot of patterns in my fabrics. Uh, you won't see a lot of fabrics, even in those with flowers. I'm sorry. For the flower lovers out there, I'm not a flower fabric fan. Uh, so I really said, if I can find bright fabrics with uh, a, a motif behind it, but keeping it in a blender, I'm a very happy man. I I also like solids, but I'm noticing I'm stepping back from solids and just going back to my blender. Gotcha. Um, I'm curious, do you consider yourself an artist or is that something that you even think about? Um, 
do I um, I am an artist, but I think I'm a quilter first. I like my my quilts to be used. Uh, I'm not doing quilts to be, for the most part, to be put on a wall or or not to be touched and looked at. I, I'm, I want my quilts to be used and and washed, and I don't care if they're thrown on the ground. So I can I want to say I'm a quilter first, but I know I think I'm producing some art in my craft. So I'm not a quilt. I'm not an artist that makes quilts. I'm a quilter that makes maybe art. I, sure. For me, for me, there's a difference. <laughs> so, so what inspires you creatively? Are there other arts that inspire your quilt making? Books or music, paintings or movies? Um, I'd say all of the above. I, I've I just completed a quilt a couple of months ago. It's based on the outside wall of an hotel uh, in Puerto Vallarta. Um, so that I saw that wall, it inspired me. I see a painting, uh, if it's even if it's more like a cartoonish type painting where there's distinctive lines, I've taken a couple of pictures of those with permission, and I've actually started creating a quilt based on that piece of art. Uh, an idea, a fabric will give me an inspiration. A tablecloth actually has given me inspiration. Uh, I get them from all over the place. Not, I don't say I'm limited to. But I'm, like I said, anything and everything can inspire me, and it has over the years. So, if you were talking with someone who's intrigued by quilting, but maybe quilting, but maybe a little intimidated to get started, what advice would you offer them? Go for it. As simple as that. You have not, you have nothing to lose, nothing to fear. Just go for it. And I'm actually envious of the new quilter. Because I'm going to say they don't know the rules. They, they don't know about the quilting police. And they don't know about a lot of what you're supposed to not do. So because they don't, they just go out there and they do it. Compared to where I am now, I have to have that perfect matching corner. And, you know, putting that on myself. And I need to do it that way. And I need to because with the years, that's what I've learned. And it's now deeply in me. But the beginner quilter is, he's got, or she has the world in front. They just got to do what they want and not care about anything. So just get on the machine and do it. Uh, that's, there's one thing I, I remember a few years ago, uh, Ricky Tim's. Ricky Tim does not like when he sees a picture, of, well, he's coming to mind, where I have all my little piles of fabric all ready to be sewn. He knows that I know what my quilt's going to look when it's finished. But shown to a retreat of his where it was improv, he was so happy to see me there because he knew I was not allowed to sketch, I'm not allowed to plan, I'm not allowed to do anything. It's just rip fabric, sew it. And for him, I see in that attitude what I see in a beginner quilter. You just go out there and you do it. Don't worry about anything else. Just do it and have fun in the process. And so how was that experience for you taking that uh, workshop with Ricky since it's so kind of uh, opposite of how you normally work? It was difficult. It was fun. <laughs> it was liberating, but it was difficult because at one point I was doing something and he asked me a question. Is there, so you already know what your quilt's going to look like by the time it's done. And the best answer I could give him was, well, not really. But 
thinking about it, I probably did have a good indication of what I wanted my quote to look at. So he basically told me to take everything down the design wall and we were going to start from scratch again. And by doing it, uh, and I, I finished by creating a piece that it's not finished yet. It needs to be quilted. It's in the pile. Uh, I'm quite pleased because it is not a piece you would think that I would be doing. So, so when you get into a sewing or creative funk, what do you do to get out of it? Uh, can you repeat that question? Um, when you get into a creative or sewing funk or, you know, kind of a dry spell, what do you do to get out of it? Uh, that's, that's difficult because I've had, I've had a few. Um, hopefully there's a deadline. I work very good with deadlines, even if I'm in the funk. And I know there's a deadline coming. It it forces me to work, but not in a negative force way. Um, but if I don't, if I'm in a funk, and I have no deadline coming, sometimes just starting a brand new quilt, just getting out, putting the one I'm working on aside, putting it in the pile with the rest of them, and starting on something new. And another thing I've done for getting out of funk is I keep a lot of scraps pieces. And I just sit at the machine and scroll and sew scraps to each other. Uh, and sew and sew and sew. There's no thinking. There's just sewing. And I've noticed that's really good to get me back, get me out of the funk. And do you end up yeah. using those scraps in uh, quilt top? Oh, yes. Oh, definitely so. Oh, yeah. Uh, I play with different designs. A lattice, if it's, I'm only using, let's say, two and a half inch squares, I'll do a, a, a four patch or 12 patch. And then I'll add a strip and I do more patches. And I just play and play, play, play. There's minimal creative thinking where you get a plan, plan, plan. It just so. And I do make quilt tops. And those quilt tops are normally, I'd say, crit size, maybe lap size. And those I give away to nonprofit organizations. So I know you organize many quilt retreats. Can you tell me about those retreats? Uh, Sure. I typically or organize uh, men's retreats now. Uh, the, the quilt guy retreat that we've been doing now since 2008. And I think the next one coming will be the 23rd retreat that we've had. Uh, so far, 350 men have a, or a 350 attendees we've had. Um, I also organize retreats for men once a year here in Canada. Uh, just outside of Ottawa, where we've had attendees from both east and west coast of Canada show up. We just get together for a few days of sewing, sewing, sewing. Then we might stop to eat. We might even stop to have a beer, or a glass of wine, or a cocktail. And we sew a lot more. And we enjoyed the company of, uh, of, uh, of the other attendees, and we get creative ideas to keep going. So tell me about the fa your favorite quilt that you've made. Why is it your favorite? My favorite quilt that I've made, I would say that would be my uh, Canada Proud quilt, which was, I was asked in 2016 to create a quilt in red and white in celebration of Canada's 150th uh, anniversary uh, for a special show. And I had no ideas, no ideas, no ideas. And I got an idea, and as I'm working on it, doing mental calculation, I figured the quilt would be over 
100 inches wide. So I said, no, this is not going to work. So I started replanning. Couldn't come up with an idea. I knew what I wanted to do, but I couldn't figure out how. And talking with my friend, uh, and your friend, Ron, Ron Dard, um, he mentioned something. And on the way home from visiting him to that discussion, an idea was starting to form, but it was still quite blurry. And I had a coincidence meeting at Norcon. And get to the meeting, I had to cut through the warehouse, which was a lot of fun. But I did see a fabric. As soon as I saw the fabric, the whole quilt materialized uh, my mind uh, of, of how to do it and what I wanted to do. Uh, it's been well received. Uh, and I actually made a second quilt because the first quilt, after it was shown, I never saw the quilt again uh, because it was actually donated to Quilt of Valor and it's been given to a wounded veteran uh, or current serving member, you know, of course. So can you describe that quilt that you're talking about? It's uh, it's a representation of the Canadian flag where I've taken uh, the flag that applies here over the Canadian Peace Tower at Parliament Hill is a huge flag. Uh, it's about six inches, six, inches sorry, six feet tall, about 15 feet wide. So based on that flag, I, I did the quilt, but I only took part of the leaf, half and a little bit. Uh, and I recreated that leaf using scrap pieces of red, 30, 40, 50 uh, different reds, all kinds. Uh, and I added a red strip to the uh, to the right side of it, representing, again, part of the inner flag. Again, all in scraps. Uh, and the flag, so to speak, with the leaf, it's within an inch of the uh, the quilt, it's within an inch of the flag, in dimension and spacing and everything. I was very careful uh, of doing the flag, that flag quilt. Great. So, are there any uh, quilters that have inspired you along the way? Um, many quilter, many quilters have. Sometimes it's more for the quilt that they've done than the person. But I would say the the two, three, four quilters that come to mind now is Philippa Naylor from uh, uh, Beverly, England, Gail Garber, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Carol Breyer Fowler from Seattle, uh, a bit of Ricky because of the pace he put me through, but I, I admire that. Uh, and there's and there's a few more, unfortunately, not coming to mind now, but based on what I've learned, taking classes from them, their books that they've written. This little bit here and that little bit there, I've actually been able to use a lot of their techniques and ideas and skills in some of the pieces that I've created. Great. Well, do you listen to music or podcasts when you're quilting? Uh, typically, I put on the radio or Spotify. Uh, seldom do I put on the TV because it just as much as I like watching TV and, and quilting, it does distract me depending on what I'm working on. So the music goes on when I get up in the morning, and a lot of times it's to keep playing until I go to bed at night. I don't listen to podcasts when quilting, again, because I have to concentrate on what's being said. Music is just in the background. 
Great. Well, is there a specific block or piecing technique that you return to often and enjoy? Um, no, I don't think there is. I would say just traditional piecing. Uh, I know our, our, our mutual friend, Michael Mikulski, once said, Paul, do you do anything else than with squares? And my response was, well, sometimes I do rectangles. Uh, <laughs> so I, I do like using geometric shapes. Uh, a lot of them, yes, are square, rectangles, triangles. Uh, I'm trying to incorporate curves, more so maybe circles uh, in my quilts now. But I'm very much the plain, the three or four sided geometric shapes in, in traditional piecing. So what sewing machines do you use? What sewing machines do I use? Uh, currently, I'm a Bernina user. two Berninas that I typically work off of. Uh, I've played with Janome. I've played with Faf. I've played with Husqvarna. Uh, Sometimes, depending on the project I'm working on, I do have to use a specific machine just for whatever reason. Uh, so it's a great way to learn a new machine and find out, ooh, that one's fun. Uh, but I am a Bernina, loyal Bernina user at the moment. So where can people find you online to learn more about you and your quilts? Uh, I'm on Instagram just as, as Paul Leger Quilts. One word, uh, Facebook, Paul Leger. If you can't find me, just put Paul Leger Ottawa. And if you see a guy basically sewing in the snow, you found me. And I also do have a, a website, uh, Paul Leger.com, no, which you can also see what I'm up to on that site. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not using Twitter. Sure. And what are some of the uh, websites that you write for? Uh, right now, I'm writing a lot for quiltsocial.com. It's, uh, it's a blog site where a guest blogger writes for five days in a row. And they're normally asked to write specifically on a fabric line, a machine, quilting tools. And I also a guest writer for the magazine A Needle Pulling Thread. Uh, it's a Canadian publication, but available worldwide and online. And I'm going to start trying to write for other magazines also. Great. Well, is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have? Um, the only thing I'd say is there's, uh, I'm, I'm realizing that there's still a lot of male quilters out there that are still in the, uh, in the stash, quilting stash closet, and they're not coming out. So if anybody out there knows of any men quilters, uh, tell them to come out and say hello. There's enough, many Facebook pages for men's quilters, or even if they want to reach out to me or to yourself, Jeff, let's, let us know you're out there. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Paul Leger. Paul lives in Ottawa, Canada, and is an active quilter, organizing quilt retreats as we discuss, lecturing and writing about quilt making, and obviously making lots and lots of quilts. Paul, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks for having me, Jeff.